What's good, everybody? What's good, Instagram? Um, I'm simulcasting, trying to trying to simulcast for a little bit of this episode. But welcome to another episode of the Legends of Athletics podcast. And I am so appreciative that you have taken the time to listen to me ramble and just talk about the things that I love, whether it's motivation, whether it's sports training, whether it's fitness, whether it's spiritual health, mental health, whatever. Thank you for taking the time to make me a part of your life. So if you listen to this podcast and this this morning, or you listen to it's midday, it's, it's nighttime, or whatever, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. So before we jump into it, of course I have to implore and ask you guys if you do not mind following us on social media. So if you're on Instagram, follow us at Legends of Athletics 19. If you're on Twitter, follow us at Legends of Ath. And if you're on Facebook, Legends of Athletics. And if you don't have any of those platforms, if you're not on any of those three platforms, uh, email us at legendsofathletics19 at gmail.com and let us know what you think about this podcast. Now, with that being said, we got all that out the way, got the church announcements out the way. So with that being said, we're going to jump into this podcast for today. And what I want to talk to you guys about is plyometrics. Plyometrics are a is a common thing. It's, it's gained a lot of popularity over the years. Uh, many people incorporate plyometrics into their workout routines. Um, it's been commonly used in sports, but over the years, over the last 10 to 15 years, plyometrics has really picked up as being a staple for many people's workouts. Now, plyometrics naturally is not uh, advantageous for each and every person to do and for each and every person to incorporate into their workout. And so we're going to be talking about that on tonight, but we're also going to be talking about what we can do to make plyometrics better. And if y'all didn't just notice, I had a slip up in this podcast. I'm going to point out my own mistake. Uh, I'm recording this podcast and it's nighttime and I'm usually recording during the day. But I say, hey, y'all, if you listen to this in the day, whatever, then I came back and said tonight. So you know when I'm recording this podcast. But that's what makes this thing so much fun, right? Because we're a family. We're natural. We, we roll with the punches. And so with this podcast, right, I'm not, is this, I, I rehearse, like I have a script, um, but this is it. This isn't rehearsed. I just let it flow naturally. But back to the subject at hand, plyometrics. So with plyometrics, many times when you see it, people work the plyometrics in the frontal in the frontal plane. And in the collegiate world and sporting sports performance world, you will see plyometrics used in the sense that you can go and use the frontal plane. You can go. Uh, you of course you can go. Vertically, you can go horizontally, you can go laterally, you can go unilaterally, you, you, whatever. You can use, you can do many different things with plyometrics, but I don't think that plyometrics has really been studied over time to give people the full benefit of what the, what it is they're trying to do. Now, plyometrics, if you want to use it and make it advantageous for you make it as sensible for you people are looking to be more explosive people are looking to gain bar speed such as power lifters etc um athletes uh people looking to enhance their explosiveness in some some capacity plyometrics is a good friend for you now if that's not really your goal plyometrics really doesn't have to be a part of your routine because if you're just doing it to add cardio or to get tired 
more so is what you're doing, then you're really not getting the benefits and you're probably more so putting yourself in a danger than a beneficial position to get the most from plyometrics. So with plyometrics, most of the time when people think about them or when you see them most of the time, you see the traditional, you see the box jumps or you see the jumps over hurdles, whatever. And those are only two. Those are two of many different ways to perform or execute plyometric style exercises. Of course, we want to do the box jumps. Of course, we want to jump over the hurdles. Of course, we want to do those things. But there's so much more. And so for plyometrics, who would it not be advantageous for, right? So for people who may have knee issues or you may have a functional movement, well, you may have movement pattern issues or people who are morbidly obese or if you're, you've lived a very sedentary lifestyle, plyometrics would not be the best for you. This is the reason why. Because they do put a lot of stress and strain on the joints and tendons, etc. of the muscles. Now, if you're doing them and you're doing them on the surface or if you're doing them in, in water or something that when you take when you jump or whatever, the water's buoyancy, etc. takes a lot of the strain off the joints and ligaments and you're able to learn how to land properly or if you're able to even jump and get off the ground and do them properly, then that's a position where I would say that you could try to incorporate the very basics of plyometrics. But if you're just doing them on land, uh, of course, if you know them on concrete, grass, sand, uh, just anything outside the water, it's kind of hard to incorporate those things and do them safely. Also, if you're an older adult, I would say over the eight, and this depends on mileage on your body, right? So if you've been very active, then, you know, 50, I would say 50, we're just going to keep it real general, 50 and above, I wouldn't incorporate plyometrics. I don't care if it's a two-foot box, three-foot box. I wouldn't do that. And that's because, again, we're talking about danger zones, right? We're trying to be as safe as possible and we're trying to keep ourselves in position to get the most the, the most benefits from whatever workout it is we're doing without hindering ourselves. So you have to remember this. Whenever we're injured, we're not making progress towards our goals. So we need to do things in the smartest, safest way possible, but also with the most intensity as we can as possible. And plyometrics, again, is not just necessarily advantageous or necessary for each person who is trying to reach their fitness goals. Remember, we said if we're trying to increase bar speed, if we're trying to increase power, uh, explosive power, if we're trying to increase power, then it's, there's a, a space for applied metrics, but it's not for everybody. Um, many athletes of any of, of most capacities use applied metrics. The everyday person really doesn't have to have applied metrics in order to be whatever you're trying to be. And you shouldn't be using applied metrics as a source of conditioning because, again, danger zone. Remember, the danger zone and it's so easy to tear an ACL. It's so easy to have a meniscus tear. It's so easy to tear an Achilles tendon. It's so easy to to have these micro tear things like that because you we we don't want to to put ourselves in that danger zone. So what are some some plyometric um, exercises for the athletes for the people looking to? add more to their, their power output or explosiveness, what are some plyometric exercises that you can do, right? So, of course, you can do 
lateral jumps. So what I mean by you can do small lateral jumps, not not big ones. You can you can go and make it as big as you want, but we'll start real small. And so you can take a, a rope, a string, a broomstick, whatever you whatever you you have available, and you can just jump side to side laterally as quick as possible. Bam, pop, 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 pop. You can do those laterally. We, I do, I use those, incorporate those. You see those incorporated many times with athletes, especially athletes that had to, that had to move quick in small spaces. You can use those um, athletes and people looking to increase your explosiveness. <clears throat> also, the 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 more you do that, if you want to add, you can add a chair and do big big jumps laterally, big big hops laterally, side to side to side to side. So then you can also do. Um, standing long jumps. I love those as far as increasing our power input, output, increasing our ability to gain ground moving forward. You would just stand in the spot. Um, of course, sink the hips back, throw your arms back, load up, and jump as far out as you can. Not as high as you can, as far out. So how much ground can we gain by jumping straight ahead? So we're not really looking to get a whole bunch of air, but we want to jump ex as explosively in the straight line as we can. Brings to the next point. Uh, we always do box jumps. Many people do. They, they Box jumps have been ran into the ground, and many, many people have made a lot of money off creating boxes. But you can do standing vertical jumps and get the same benefit um, as you would for the box jump. Again, athletes, people looking to increase your explosiveness, you just stand there, kind of like we did for the standing long jump. We'll stand in one spot, load up, down, 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 load, load, load. Let those hamstrings get tight. Let those uh, quads quiver a little bit and go straight up. You're not going to do a full depth squat, more like a quarter squat, and go straight up as high as you can, relaxing the body, letting yourself flow. And letting yourself be free, like free, like yoga, like that. So um, you can do those as well. Also, let's not forget, right? So with plyometrics, of course, we got uh, uh, our our standard plyometrics that we do off two two leg, off both legs, both feet, same time, whatever. Um, our bilateral stuff, but then you also got unilateral plyometrics, so you can. Stand on one leg. You can you can make that vertical jump go for bilateral or just uh, unilateral. Stand on one leg, have one leg up, jump up, and pull that knee up high as you can, land back on that same foot. Um, same thing <clears throat> for the, like we did for the chair hops. On bilaterally, we can do those unilaterally as well. But we can, we can switch it up. We can make it interesting, right? So you can lay on your back in the chair and uh, have one leg up. Have the other leg up, like off the ground. Of course, either relax it across your thigh or have it up if you have the strength to hold it up without resting it on that other leg. Um, and take that one leg, and you can use a mini hurdle or you can use a stick again or a string, and you can go over over that string laterally with that one leg, but having you know the majority of your body weight, of course, on your back, um, and going over the that that string or that uh, broomstick or that mini hurdle as fast as you can under control. Um, and being in, being in control and being in that safe zone. Also, with plyometrics, our goal is to increase the power output. So our, our reps aren't really going to be high. I like to keep them somewhere between five and under because the goal is to increase explosive power, increase it 
fast. So we don't need 10 reps because at that point we're doing a workout. We don't need seven or eight reps. We're doing a workout. We try to increase. So you can do them like three sets of five, maybe four sets of five, but make sure that you're getting adequate rest in between so that your energy stores are up, your central nervous system is primed, ready to go, and do those things safely. Okay, this is another thing to, to pay attention to, too, whenever you're doing those plyometric exercises, right? I, you, if you notice, I just said something about the central nervous system. So, uh, quite for, uh, quite naturally, right, we'll use the, I love using the squat. We'll use the squat as an example for this. So, with squatting, many times, uh, you would do rep ranges of 5 if you want to build power, 10 if you know you want to build a strength, things like that. Uh, 10 plus or 12, 11 plus if you want to, you know, add the endurance and strength uh, kind of together. But the higher you get in the squat, of course, you know, the lower the weight is. But also, you know, too, um, if you if you lift it for a long time or uh, if, if lift it was in any capacity that kind of after rep five to six, depending on how long you've been lifting, sometimes you have a tendency to break form, especially if you're in, uh, an, uh, an amateur lifter, uh, etc., you have a tendency to break form. So what I mean by breaking form in the squat is you may hip hinge, you may bend at your back, your core may get tired, you may, you know, take in too much air in your midsection, things like that. You may come up on your toes and heels off the ground, things like that, right? So so, so we bring that concept over to plyometrics. With plyometrics, if we get to a point where you say, for instance, we use this as an example. Of course, I'm. this is not a, an exercise uh, uh, an exercise prescription, but we're using this as an example, right? So you start and we say, we're going to do four sets of five of standing long jump. And so we get to the second set and we're feeling a little gassed. And we, as a trainer, this is where having a trainer is great. So you, you're observing this and you're saying, all right, we're going to do the third set. So the, the third set is, is doesn't have options. It's no holes barred. Um, we're going to do it regardless how you feel. That's just what's going to happen. And so we get to the third set. You go one, two, three, four, five. And then at the end of that, you start breaking form after jump one or jump two. And it's getting to where it's taxing. And you're basically loot, have, have thrown form out the window and you're just trying to get through it. That's where we would say, or you should say, if you're working out by yourself, you should say, okay, now I'm at the point where I'm breaking form, so I'm no longer getting the benefits of this exercise or this movement pattern, and I need to stop. Sets, I know as far as football goes and sports, we talk about if you don't make this set, you lost the game, this, that, whatever. But you have to work smart and hard and with good intensity. But that also... Again, if we are injuring ourselves, we're hurting ourselves, the time we spend off the field, off the court, off the whatever surface it is you play on, that's time that we're not getting better. So why push yourself to the danger zone just because you want that extra set? Think about the the how much that makes sense, right? So make sure you're paying attention to your form. Make sure that you're getting your proper sets and that you're doing, you're executing movements and movement patterns the best as you know how. Okay, so how can, if I'm lifting weights, 
what's one way that I could incorporate plyometrics into my lifting in order to make me better? Contrast training. And I've given you guys many different forms to use plyometrics without killing yourself and how to use them properly. Contrast training is a, is programming more so for advanced lifters. So when I've done contrast training with athletes, it's more times than not been athletes who are like if you in high school, you're very conditioned to the weight room, the weights and you're very used to it and you're not going to kill yourself with them. Um but most of the time I keep it reserved for collegiate and above. Um, with contrast training, what you're doing is, if I had to give you a quick example, it'll be like squatting, right? So you're under the squat rack, and we'll say, you know, we're going to start with some something average. Some, I think this is very general. We'll say two, 250, 315, whatever. We'll just say 250. We'll say you're squatting 250 for, I don't know, eight reps, eight to ten reps, so once you finish completing, once you complete eight to 10 reps of the squat, you would immediately rack the weight, step out, and do three jumps, three to five jumps. Um, what that does, it primes, again, the central nervous system. It increases our power output over time because the body wants to, when you take, when you have that load on, then you take that load off, it, it, because of muscle recruitment, it allows us to uh, to create and have more force production. So contrast training is very good. I like to use it for football players. I also like to use it for basketball players, sports where you really exploding. And when I say football, more so like my skill position guys, basketball, of course, is everybody, um, where you have to get down and get up real fast, explode real fast. I like to use those. And so that's where contrast training comes in. And contrast training can be, you know, you can do, of course, you can do straight vertical jumps or you can do seated vertical jumps or seated long jumps. Again, different plyometric variations, but you have to know, study plyometrics in order to do them. And so contrast training is very good. But again, that's reserved for lifters who are more so, I would say, advanced and up. Um, of course, you can't be farther than advanced, but advanced lifters. Um, and that's what I, that's where I incorporate it. So if you're in middle school, I wouldn't even worry about that. If you're in high school and you, you still, your body's still getting used to the weights, I wouldn't even worry about it. But you can also do other variations, like a, a good test for lower body power that many athletes cannot do. It's kind of like the pull-ups for the lower half is a kneeling uh, jump. A kneeling long jump. So, of course, you start uh, in the two, in the uh, more like a four point, not exactly four point stance, but you start with your toes down, your knees to the grass, let the hips sink back to where your your butt is on your uh, basically on your on your calf, the Achilles muscle area. Uh, you have the body or the chest uh, erect um, and strong up top. And you explode through your hips up to your feet, and then you do a uh, basically a standing long jump or a standing vertical jump. That's a great test for lower body power for many athletes. And again, this is the that's like the the pull up version, 
for athletes in the lower half. Uh, because again, if you want to know how much power an, uh, an athlete can produce, make them do pull-ups, and that that show you everything you want. Everybody can bench press. Everybody can power well. Most people can power clean decently, but pull-ups is is the thing that that really you know your boys and men. That's that's what separates them. And so, guys, just if I had to give you guys three three things with, when it comes to plyometrics, be in great shape, have a goal or a reason for doing them, uh, athletics, increasing bar speed, increasing explosive power, and be, like I said, be in shape. So be conditioned to do these things safely um, and know, and know, know, I know this, know how to land. When you land, do not land. If you do a jump up on a box, this is a pet peeve, and people don't realize this. They you jack your knees up, but you do a jump on a box. You can't jump up there and just stand straight, stand tall like the Statue of Liberty. You're gonna tear your knees up, and you're gonna have a whole lot more injuries than get land softly. So when I mean by landing softly, even if we're doing reverse plyometrics type deal, if you want to call it reverse, it's still plyometrics. Um, like depth jumps, those are good to learn how to land. So you will stand on the box, jump down, and when you jump and you land, you will land in kind of a quarter squatted position. So landing softly, letting the knees flex, letting the hips flex, and that uh, helps you to absorb the power properly through your lower half that you're not killing yourself or putting yourself in position to, you know, have a, a bad a bad day or a bad experience or have that injury that everyone talks about so many times. So learning how to land properly. So being in great shape, learning how to land properly <clears throat> and execute these movements. Right. So with, with this, this podcast, I hope that I was able to give you some new, some new ways of thinking and looking at plyometrics. And, and if you're one of those people who are just doing plyometrics for conditioning, asking yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? But if you're an athlete or if you're – and when I say athlete, I'm just talk, not, not just talking about high school, collegiate, you know, whatever, but an athlete. You can be a weekend warrior and be an athlete. You can be a CrossFit competitor. You can be whatever, a power lifter. If you, power lifters need to incorporate this too because it's going to help you with your bar speed. But if you're an athlete of any capacity, make sure that you're doing – you're training your body in different planes, different uh, – not just the same old plane of motion all the time. But training your body in different planes so that you can be the best athlete that you can be, but also that you can get the most out of your your workouts um, as you possibly can. So I'll, I always do bilateral movements. I've talked about this in, talked about this in other podcasts, but also make sure you incorporate unilateral movements. So one leg, one arm, one side of the body type movements, so you can be again be the best athlete that you can be. And so if you can do all these things, then you'll be good. But make sure that you're doing these things. Make sure that you're taking that you're taking notes. Don't just listen to what I'm saying, but study what I'm saying and incorporate it into what it is that you're doing. And as I say all the time, do the things that legends do. Be legendary. Um, don't take the short road. Don't take the easy way. Know what's in your heart. Know what it is that you're going for. If your heart desire to go after it, don't take no for an answer. Some things in life, we need to have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. But some things in life, we only need to have a plan A. Don't get to give yourself no option. Give yourself no choice. If it's to go work out, you don't need a, a choice for that. Get up and do it. If it's to eat right, don't give yourself a choice. Get, just go do it. If, if you want to be the best you can be, you do this thing every day. You put your best foot forward each and every day. 
each and every second, each and every hour, each and every minute. That's what you do. That's what legends do. And you conduct yourself as a legend. You know, you watch what you say. You watch how you how you carry yourself around people. That's, again, what legends do. Whatever it is that we're trying to do in life, sometimes we say it's not working. But then when we say it's not working, did you give 100%? Did you completely throw yourself and immerse yourself in whatever it is that you were trying to do? And if the answer is no, then go back to the drawing board. Go back to what it is you're doing. Look at that plan again and give it 100%. And then if that doesn't work, then you can move on and say, I'm going to try something else. But until next time, I thank you guys for listening. I'm glad you were a part of this podcast. I'm glad that you shared this podcast with your neighbor, with your friend, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, wife, sister, brother, cousin, Neil. Even grandmama can listen to it if she needs to. And I'll be her favorite grandson. But as always, do the things that legends do. Get 1% better each and every day and be legendary.